Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Wright. It's the 49er Faithful UK show. You wait all year for games and then two come along in the same week. It's Giants at Niners on Thursday Night Football. And for our first proper, proper, actual, proper home game of the season and the first red eye, I'm Gareth Ellis and I'm joined by Naji Kawar. Hello, everyone. Paul Hope. We're back, baby. <laughs> uh, and Lee Gowland is with us before he shoots out to actually catch this game live. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Only feels like two minutes since we were last sat here talking. And we may have been. May have been. We may have been. Magic of editing. (laughs) So we are recording this uh, a little bit early this week, Thursday Night Football and and obviously Lee's travel arrangements. Uh, We don't have a full injury report for the game to cover, but obviously Ambry Thomas left the game against the Rams early, I think second quarter, maybe even been the first. Uh, And we all saw that Brandon Ayuk seemed to be a little bit banged up Shanahan has said he's not too concerned, but you never know how these injuries react, uh, particularly on a short week. Uh, Some bigger news from the uh, Giants on the injury front is that Saquon Barkley is pretty much guaranteed to miss the game. I think he is listed as questionable, but I think that's a very, very, very questionable, uh, judging by uh, uh, the ankle sprain. Um, How do you think we're going to handle Ayuk? Do you think we should, should leave him out, even if he's medically fit? No, it's just a thing. I think it was just a stinger. That's what it looked like when he fell on his shoulder. Just trapping her in there. It really hurts. But it goes away pretty quickly. And then as soon as you get tackled again, it comes back with a vengeance and then goes away again. And it's it's the kind of thing that just, it, with a bit of physio and rest, you know, today, uh, I think it'll be all right. Um, but, you know, I think, and I don't want to spoil the episode, but considering the score predictions we've got coming, he probably won't have to play that much, so it's all good. I think as well, Gareth, the fact that we're on a short week may sound counterproductive that he's carrying a knock, but after Thursday, it's like a mini bye week, so I think he should play Thursday, yeah. and then he's got that longer time to recover is how I'm yeah. looking at it. So, mm. And yeah. from what I understand, they don't do practice on a short week like this. They'll do a walkthrough only. Walkthrough is it tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that's not going to be a, an issue. I will be keeping an eye on, on Ambry Thomas because obviously uh, yeah. Sammy Womack has gone on IR. Uh, and if Thomas mm. is out for a period of time, that suddenly, though it's only two injuries and not to, uh, not to starters, it is the same position group. Um, and you can sure. very quickly become thin um, if someone else picks up a knock. So I think that is one to keep, uh, keep an eye on. There's always Josh we... Norman somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> Joking. <laughs> well, well, don't, don't, don't take Johnson. Don't take Johnson and we'll be back. Throw that flag, Lee. <laughs> Throw that flag. Yes. How dare you say that? Anyway, <laughs> there is, much like the Rams game, there is a lot of history to this match as well. So once again, it's over to History Corner and Lee Gowland's trip down memory lane. Over to you, Lee. So you're not you're not wrong. There's quite a lot of history, and this history, some of it's going to be painful to relive. Some of it, as far as the score sequence, is going to have you a little bit concerned about Thursday night. So New York Giants, the head-to-head is actually tied at twenty-one each. There's been no ties in the history of the, uh, the the competition. The last eight games have been opposite score lines. And unfortunately for us, 
we were the last team to win. So we are due a loss if it follows the same pattern over the last eight games. There's been 87 players that have played for both teams. So I want to keep it down to some of the more interesting players and some of the ones that uh, people will know about. So up up with number one is Hugh McElhenney, running back, Hall of Fame. Entered in 1970. He was a five-time first-team All-Pro. He played in six Pro Bowls. He made the 1950s All-Decade team. And believe it or not, he's actually related to the McElhenney's from Louisiana who created Tabasco sauce. Ooh. I pretty much have Tabasco sauce Fascinating. on everything. <laughs> Another reason to love the 49ers. The next person is Wyatt Tittle, MVP, three times All-Pro, um, three times All-Pro first team, one time All-Pro second team, seven Pro Bowls in total, three times passing leader, two times completion percentage leader, joint holder of the most touchdowns thrown in one game, which is seven. And we talked about this on the show, I think it was the preview show preview show for the Rams game. So, Tittle, along with somebody else I'm going to mention later on, invented the alley-oop. So that was invented by two San Francisco players. So the alley-oop is when they just basically throw them into, uh, it's kind of the Hail Mary, um, throw them into the end zone. And because you've got a receiver who towers above somebody, the high pointed in the end zone, and it was called the alley oop. Um, and I think over time, it's it's then been morphed into uh, the Hail Mary. So he was one of them, and we'll get on to the next person now, which is RC Owens. His position is what was termed as an end in those days. It's essentially a tight end. He just played outside of the tackles. He did a little bit running. Did a little bit of catching. He was essentially a tight end. Um, I'm not entirely sure when they changed the terminology from end to tight end, um, but he was called either an end or a halfback. Um, halfback is what we would refer to as a running back. Um, so that was the mix of what he did. And and he was the other half of the duo that invented the alley-oop. And it was due to his basketball skills. So he didn't actually sign with a San Francisco basketball team. Um, I think he played one season there before he went over to the San Francisco 49ers. And not only did they invent the alley-oop, but R.C. Owens was actually responsible for a new rule being um, being commissioned the year after he blocked the field goal by jumping up at the posts to block the ball. So after he did that, they brought in a rule that prevented goaltending. So you couldn't Aww. go over to the goalpost and jump up and bat the ball away. You had to block Ooh. it at the line of scrimmage. Another person that um, that played for both teams. Sorry, no. So one last bit on Tittle and um, McElhenney. They were one half of the million-dollar backfield for the 49ers. The other two were Joe Perry and uh, John Johnson. Um, you'll find all of the statues in the 49ers Hall of Fame. Um, it, it's quite a good one to get photos around because uh, it doesn't make you feel too small because they all bend over. <laughs> so you, you can't get the size of them. Um, so it, it's good to get a picture of with them once. Um, other teams or other players that have played for both teams, I'll, I'll just do the ones that uh, kind of strike as an interesting one, Robbie Gould, obviously. He used to be a kicker for the uh, the New York Giants. Ed McCaffrey, Christian's dad. He used to play for them. 
Richie James is currently playing for them as wide receiver. He spent a few years with us. Mario Manningham, he played for us back in 2012 on our Super Bowl run. Um, some others would be Ray Ray Armstrong, who came up in the last uh, time we did the History Corner for the Rams. He played for the Rams as well. David Bass, Antoine Bethier, Matt Breda, who's still there. Adrian Colbert, who's still there. Um, Joe Feliciano, he used to play for them. Um, and both teams have had the unfortunate pleasure of having David Carr as quarterback. <laughs> so there's been some quite famous moments in history between the two sides. And to be honest, quite a few of them are quite painful mm-hmm. for, in, in one way or another. So the first one I'll uh, remind people about or educate Thank people you. who didn't watch it that long ago was that the Leonard Marshall delivered such a huge hit. It knocked Joe Montana out of the 1990. Um, NFC Championship game in that game Roger Craig would go on to fumble with two minutes remaining in the game this allowed the Giants to take over at about the 50 yard line march down to score game winning field goal with one second remaining history unfortunately repeated itself somewhat in 2012 when Kyle Williams muffed a punt return in overtime which then gave possession back to the Giants who went on to score a game winning field goal and uh, both times the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl. The Giants' defence was phenomenal during the 80s. Um, you had the likes of Lawrence Taylor. L- Lawrence Taylor, I think, is still regarded as one of the best linebackers ever to play the game. He went through a period a few years ago, which he's now been exonerated from, um, where there was question marks over some of the things he'd done in his personal life outside of the game. Um, but I think Lawrence, as long as well as our own Charles Haley, they kind of had their own demons that they were um, battling against during those years. Um, but now that we know what they were going through, it kind of makes sense of some of the stuff that went on. And that kind of concludes the, the history corner. There's not much more where it kind of stood out enough to, to, to make a case for it. Um, looking at the score lines... The Giants uh, put up a score of 48 on us and we had to wait eight years before we could return that favour and put up a score of 48 on them. During the first eight years, we only won two of the encounters. Um, I think the Giants had won six or seven, so they kind of dominated us early on. And the way the score lines went, there was kind of batches where they would dominate and then we would dominate and then they would dominate and then we would dominate. It's only the last eight years where we've been kind of sharing every other game. So mm. make of that exactly. what you want. Yeah, interesting, no, uh, interesting little summary. Uh, I think certainly, yeah, I remember that uh, the Montana game um, and the the feeling of being absolutely crushed by it, uh, as Joe did, uh, I think. But um, yeah, not so, not so- one to. Uh, check on the highlights I'd say no. so Joe Montana actually remarked during the game when they eventually got him to speak the first thing he turned around and he said when they asked him where does it hurt and he just said everywhere everywhere hurts he actually also turned around and said I thought I was going to die on the field he was hit that hard and when he was hit by uh, Leonard Marshall Leonard Marshall led with his helmet straight in between his shoulder blades and then took his full force down on him and that was a legal hit that was a legal hit back in 1990. And yeah, Joe Montana right. played 
when you get the absolute stuff and knocked out of you, which is why, to me, Joe Montana is still and always will be the GOAT. Mm. If you've uh, if you've never watched uh, games from certainly the eighties and the nineties, um, you won't maybe won't appreciate how much uh, protection quarterbacks get these days. Um, back in the day, then you were a football player, and that was it. You got no protection, um, and of course, the quarterback being the quarterback was targeted with I think a little bit of extra spice uh, because it could really affect the game. So I think the protection of the quarterback is good, particularly from a from an event like that. Um, Paul, I think you've been uh, doing the defensive scouting report for us. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was going to be quite a short segment given the first half of the uh, Giants game on Sunday. I mean, you look at the stat sheet, they gave up 60 points to the start of the season and they were playing a terrible Cardinals team. I mean, the first game against the Cowboys, that, that that's just terrible. I have a friend, Jack, who's a Giants fan. So I delved into my phone book, Gareth, and I sent him a message and I said, hey, Jack, got your defence to talk about later. What shall I look for? And he put, to be honest, mate, the way we've started, there's not much to watch out for. We've played one good half of defence so far, and that was in the second half. So that's where I started with my analogy. So the New York Giants defence finished 25th overall in the league last year. They allowed 358 yards per game and 5.65 yards per play. And they've started this season even worse, which is quite a shock because given the offense, the defensive coordinator, Martindale, he tries to be aggressive. to try to play very similar to how we play. They dial up a lot of pressure from the front, but the secondary tends to sit off, which we saw against the Rams can be dangerous. Now, what it does go to say, and we, we fell into this trap against the Rams, the only way for the Giants is up. They can't play any worse than what they've played. And they did come back from behind to win that game. Um, I don't know how to pronounce some of the names, so I'm not going to go there. But I've been practising this one. The key player was the veteran depth and three agency, was Bobby Okurikik, who was signed from the Colts. And if I'm right in what I'm thinking, he used to play for Stanford. So I thought that might have got Lee's interest. I think he was drafted by the Colts from Stanford. And that might have been a name that Lee remembers. I might be wrong, but that's what it said on Wikipedia when I Googled it earlier. <laughs> and I'll just go into my other notes because I thought you were going to go to Najee first. So they tend to play with two linebackers, but um, they only tend to play one linebacker in kind of coverage, which means the defence is primarily lined up in nickel, which is five defensive backs. And they play dime more often than others in the league, which is a surprise, which is six as Nadji's holding up there, which is a surprise given that they're a pass-heavy league. Now, at the half in Glendale, as I've just alluded to, they found themselves at a 60-point deficit and it looked like they were going to lose that by another record blowout. Um, but according to the cornerback, uh, Xavier McKinney, at halftime they had some honest words with each other and they said, this, this isn't on. And they came out in the second half. Now, they're struggling to stop the run, which is all 49ers fans. We're licking our lips. Christian McCaffrey is going to eat on Thursday. Um, and Dobbs isn't a great quarterback, yet he was picking them apart. So again, we've got Brock Purdy. Now, I did see Dobbs rush a touchdown in. That might f feature heavily in my ball prediction later, Gareth, without giving too much away. But I do feel that this Giants team is probably coming this season heavily favoured given their playoff run. But 
it's strange looking at their their results and just goes to show what can happen in the NFL. But I I don't think we've got anything to worry about on on Thursday night. And that concludes. Good. We will hold reports. you to that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they 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 overachieved last season. They they somehow managed to squeeze those wins out and probably games that they didn't didn't maybe deserve to, and obviously managed to turn over a very poor Vikings team in the playoffs. So I think that's perhaps over. Um, given a bit more uh, enthusiasm to the fans than perhaps they've warranted. Uh, Nadji, what have we got to look out for on the offensive side of the ball? Um, Help Steve well, Wilkes we, out. Yeah, um, we got a little bit lucky. Uh, I did have the death chart, uh, Lee, if you want to put that on screen. Uh, if you want to see for the people who are watching, it's a little bit more interesting than our ugly mugs. Uh, <laughs> um, obviously, we get a little bit lucky if Saquon doesn't play. It's by far the best player uh, out of Penn State. He's been pretty amazing since they've acquired him, although very in- injury-prone, so it's not quite uh, unusual to see him missing games like this, uh, which means, yeah, we should have a familiar faces uh, starting in this place, and that's Matt Breeder. We know what he can do. It's just pure speed. Uh, but I think we let him go for a reason. He's not quite consistent enough to be a, a starter in this league anyway. But he's still he's still here, so he's definitely a good player. So I think we're going to have to watch out. Uh, they acquired uh, Darren Waller during the offseason uh, from the Raiders, that big tight end that was having a good season last, uh, last year. I think he was kind of like number three after Kittle and Kelsey. Um and he's their primary target in the air, uh, as as I could see against the Cardinals anyway. And he's a big body. He's good. He's more of a Kelsey type. He runs routes. He's not a blocker uh, at all. So we're gonna have to uh, to watch out for that. But I'm sure Fred uh, can can handle that kind of player. Uh, and then I think you know their wide receiving core is kind of young and not very. Not that good. I think you know Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard can definitely hurt you. Paris Campbell is a speedster on the outside as well, can definitely hurt you. I would. I'm actually more afraid of Jalen Hyatt, mostly because I watched him play at Tennessee last year. Uh, that's the rookie they picked up this year in the first, I think, or the second round. In the third, it says. It says on screen. Just read the screen. <laughs> yeah, in the third, uh, he's very good. Very tall. Very fast. Um, he got two massive catches against the Cardinals. I think he had two reception for 90 yards or something like that. Um, I'd be very careful of underestimating him. But that all being said, I think the biggest weapon now that Barclay is out is actually Daniel Jones. He's a much more able runner than people think with the way he looks. He can run, and he will run, absolutely. So I think for us, this is the first time we actually play a, a mobile quarterback, and I know that's kind of been a pet peeve of us in the past. So we're going to have to have a good D-line containment plan in place to keep him in the pocket, make him do passes, which he's not that good at, um, <laughs> so we can maybe can get some picks and stuff like that. Uh, looking at the old line, I can see a rookie center. Good luck against Javon Hargrave, mate. You're going to have your hands full. Uh, and then kind of the makeshift old line again. You know, they they got uh, their tackle from Baltimore, uh, and a guard from Indiana. And Evan Neal is probably the best player on the line, considering Andrew Thomas is out. Uh, that's the guy they drafted last year in the first round. And he's pretty good. 
but it's not good enough to stop Bossa the whole game. Um, that's what they have. As I said, I think I think the biggest weapon will be either Daniel Jones to Darren Water or Daniel Jones running. Um, but I'm sure our defense is very capable of stopping them, uh, unlike the Cardinals who just quit and thought the game was only two quarters, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the Giants in a nutshell. Great stuff. Thank you, Nagy. Uh, you've talked about some matchups there. Well, I think I'll uh, I'll go to Lee. Uh, where do you think this game is going to be won or lost? What the matchups are, are you going to have your actual eyes on uh, on Thursday night? Yeah, so up until half an hour ago, I would have said uh, Siakon Barkley. But now that we know that he's um, th- th- well, there's a very, very sure. high possibility that he's not going to be playing, um, I-, I think Nagy's right. I would look at Darren Walden. I would look at Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is uh, very underrated as far as his running ability is concerned. I think he can do some damage there. But again, just echoing what Nadji said, if we can make him throw the ball, I, I think he's got plenty of interceptions in him because he's not that he's not that careful with the ball. He's a little bit gung-ho at times, which when it comes off, it looks spectacular. And you think, wow, this guy really knows what he's doing. But then when it doesn't come off, you think, oh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's absolute garbage. So, yeah, I mean, to me, because they haven't got Barkley, obviously we're going to be going up against our old friend uh, Matt Breeder. Um, hopefully we can slow him down. I think we've improved with the run defence this year. I think Kinlaw stepped up. I thought it was good in the last two games. He's played better than what he, he has played for a few seasons now, um, which is typical now that he's in a contract year. And we, we haven't extended uh, taking the fifth-year option. <laughs> but those, those are the breaks, aren't they? Um, Darren Waller, I thought it was good when he was at uh, Las Vegas. I think he's a really good target for Daniel Jones. But if all they've got is Darren Waller as a target, then they, they will struggle. They will struggle. And I know I said it against the Rams, and I was wrong. I was wrong to say it against the Rams. The Rams were a lot better offensively than what I give them credit for. The O-line stood up a lot better than what I thought. But I look at this, um, I look at the Giants team, I know they came back from uh, quite, quite a distance against the Cardinals to beat them. But... The missing Barkley. I, I just can't see how they're going to get points on us. But again, mm. it, it could be that. It could be that. We're wrong. I'm underestimating surely, them. Surely not. <laughs> it's, well, it's never happened before. Honestly, it's never happened before. F- funnily but, enough, Gareth, I thought Lee was going to talk about his new man to watch and um, the offensive line, McKivitz, because. I got into a bit of a muddle with my notes, but what I didn't realise with the Giants, Nadji, I'm always learning from you, the fact that they only tend to play with two legitimate defensive linemen and on the other two positions, they're normally linebackers stroke edge rushers going up against McKivitz. Now, I don't think they've got anyone of note of Aaron Donald or TJ Watt. Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. And isn't he in a contract Um, year? Because didn't he sign a new contract a few years back? And I might be wrong. The listeners might tie in because he tends to play well in a contract year. I wasn't sure whether he was injured or whether he was playing. Are you you not getting confused with Demarcus Lawrence, defensive lineman at the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, I think he is a threat. I don't think he's a threat against McKivitt. I think he's a threat against Spencer Burford because of the way he plays. He plays more inside than outside. 
looking True. at the way that Spencer Burford started the season, he's a shadow of what he played last season. It, it, I, I, I can't believe it's just the fact that he's missing McGlinchey and McGlinchey pulled him along all season long. I don't know what's happening with the kid because last season he surprised us all, came in as a rookie and played at such a high level. And the last two games, I have not been impressed with him at all. It's just for me, Gareth, that the Giants blitz quite a lot and they're very aggressive. And there's been a lot of talk already in these two games about our offensive line. So like you've said, we could sit here and talk about CMC, Debo. But I think that'll be an interesting battle on Thursday night, seeing how we hold up against this aggressive blitz packaging and, and seeing whether the offensive line can come out with some credit. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be aware of Thibodeau. He chooses his game. He's, he's a, an Oregon uh, duck um, and he used to be very, very good. He was kind of touted to be a first overall. <laughs> I'm <laughs> but, throwing the challenge flag. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> he is, um, but he chooses his game. And when he's good, he's very good. Um, now, if he's going to quit after the first quarter because we're you know, 28 point up, is also possible. But yeah, uh, he's a good player when he chooses to. <laughs> I think well, there's, we... there's going to be more more than one good battle. Uh, I am uh, I'm going to be looking for our, our D line. I think to make a little bit more uh, on the stat sheet, perhaps than they did against the Rams. I think it's going to be the the home game. It's going to be the short week. They're going to know this is our house, and we're supposed to be the top unit here. Um, and hopefully, uh, Bose has shaken off any rust. Uh, they're all got used to working together now so i'm hoping for a big game uh from our from our d line in particular to uh, as you said you can rattle uh daniel jones and force him into a few errors because uh he does like to make an error every now and then so if we can help him along the way with that uh that would just make us good hosts i think paul you were going to uh some summarize something there well we need to put a disclaimer Maybe. out because we've had some feedback now i've never played Ooh. contact football Nadji has played contact football, and we are four fans in the UK. We do not profess to be experts, but we did have some feedback on our little podcast that Lee shared earlier. So we just wanted to put that out there that we may sometimes be wrong. We are. We are sometimes. Sometimes. Um, so, so that wasn't that wasn't feedback on the podcast, by the way. Ah, right. I thought it was a comment off the podcast, so I was. No. I had a little disclaimer no. ready that we're not. NFL experts just yet. We're getting there. We're no, not the no but I don't yet. mind talking about it. That that was a comment by somebody who left the group and then requested to join the group within a minute of Trey Lance breaking his leg. And the only reason he requested to come back in this group is to start winding people up. So I blocked him straight away. That's that's why. And um, obviously he's come back really bitter um, and, and trying to say, I told you so, I told you so. But all of his arguments are not valid. But no, that wasn't the podcast. That well, was just the group in general. The rabbit hole I was going That's to escape down was I've seen a few bits on social media where people wanting to be right at the expense of the team, mm. and I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, yeah. we've got our friendly competition with the spreadsheet. I would happily be wrong every week if it meant the Niners win, and the Niners played yeah, well. Yeah, me too. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I love we get to chat every week about football. My knowledge has grown by chatting to you three. And like you said, Nadji, go and watch the tape, go and do some reading up. But I just thought it was funny that some people out there want to be so right. I just don't, don't get it. They want to be confrontational. That's what yeah. they want. 
they just want yeah. to poke the bear all the time, and it's the, it's the wrong way to go about it. I mean, it's 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 like our least favorite um, content creator out there, Kent. our friend Kent. Yeah, <laughs> that's all he does. He, he pokes the bear. He tries yeah, to be controversial, and it just Which, to, to me it doesn't work. I, I I mean I don't respect it, but I do get that if that's your line of work and your business and you're it's a competitive business and you're you're doing clickbait i kind of get why people do that but i think you're right paul i've never understood people who call themselves fans who would rather prove themselves right on an opinion to strangers on the internet than actually see their team do well um they'd rather be right than win um and yeah that's it's just something i've never just i, I don't get that at all but there we are so I think we've done, we've covered all the matchups. Um, should we go into some score and some bold predictions? The Niners are ten and a half point favourites, and the over under is a stingy forty five. Hmm. They've obviously mm. not been listening to our season preview show. <laughs> so I think Paul, Paul, you're ahead in the leaderboard at the moment. So I think that means yes, your score is. and bold prediction uh, are first up. Are we? I can't remember, Gareth. It was so long ago since we, we did our last show, so thank course, you for yeah. reminding me of that. Um, I think so. so, I think so. Spoiler alert, I'm not going to go for a 50-burger because I know Lee is going to be in attendance. Ooh. I think it's going to be another high-scoring game from this offence. 30 points minimum is my expectation. So I'm going to say that this week we win the game 37-7 to 7 is my prediction for Thursday Night Football. Uh, and have you got nice. a bold, bold prediction? Ooh, My bold prediction is Lee Gowland features on the Jumbotron on the screen at least three times on Thursday Night Football. And if he's not on Sky not Sports, bold. I will be very disappointed. Yeah, see, that, Gowland's right. That's not bold because I'm going to be it's in the gold mine and they keep on video on the gold mine people and put them on the Jumbotron. So <laughs> I'm more than likely going to be on there at least a dozen times. Right. Um, I'll give you a serious one. A bold prediction is Brock Purdy's going to rush for two Russian touchdowns on Thursday. Oh, nice. I like nice. that. I like that. So who's next? Is uh, Lee? Lee second or is it Naji? Were you two Lee is second. Right. No, so Lee's got 12 points. Uh, Yoshi, it, the formulas are broken, by the way. Paul's got two points for some reason. Um, oh, look um, at that smile on his face. He's like, I don't know how that happened. Okay, so my, my my score prediction is also going to be my bold prediction. So I'm going to go for a ridiculous 52. Oh, wow. 10 victory. That's that's a beat down. That is a, that's ugly. That is And ugly. your your bold prediction to go with that? No, that, 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 that is my bold that prediction. Is bold prediction. That, <laughs> that's your enough. bold prediction. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. Uh Naji, Naji, I think it's you next. Cuz it can't it be me. It is me. Um mm. I am torn. I am torn. Uh, I was I had something very similar than Paul. Um and I'm I'm going to stick to my gun this week. I, th- I think we're going to win 35-17. Uh, I know it's not that flashy, but it's the NFL. It's a short week. And, uh, and you're taking the score game. Fast. You're taking the score game seriously. No, no, no. That's why I was thinking. I was thinking. But then, you know, the, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a good score. I'll take 37-17. That's a good score. And a boldy to go with it? A baldy. Uh, this is a kittle game. 
uh, three touchdown for Kittle. Mm-hmm. Well, we could uh, we could all be right. I I am going to stick with my guns from the um, uh, preseason uh, show and and go for a fifty burger as well. Uh, I think it's going to be perhaps a little bit tighter than Lee suggested. I am going to go for a fifty to twenty Niners win, and I have Christian McCaffrey with four touchdowns. Four touchdowns, very nice. Which, for Christian McCaffrey, I'm not even sure that's that bold, but. That's probably what I'm going for. But on the 15th day. So, Naji, as far as the scores are concerned, go over to the actual scores, go to game day three and just zero the scores out. Because at the moment it'll be set to two fives, which is why Paul's got two, because he's within three. There you Uh, go. Oh, that's right. Can you put it now now? Yeah, yeah, you can. You've dropped that, Gareth. Like, the way you dropped that was CMC, none of us flinched. It's like, it's CMC. It's yeah. bold, but it, it's actually yeah. manageable. And as I said to Tracy, that's my next jersey. I want a 23. <laughs> I'm definitely getting a 23. That, that me, man's just me. amazing. Oh, I see. I see how you've done this. That's clever. Clever Excel formulating there. Very <laughs> nice. You should have put 100 to 100 to start with. And then for those of us who yeah. won't actually... Yeah be at uh, attendance at the game. Um, we've got the game day threads. It worked quite well having the chat group on uh, on Sunday night. Uh, Lee, any issues with it? One or two issues with it. <laughs> yes, it's Facebook, it's, of course. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Facebook doing a Cleveland Browns. It's Facebook being Facebook, you know? Yeah, so exactly. It worked absolutely wonderfully to do what it wanted to do. Unfortunately, we had a few issues where members couldn't be invited and uh, we spent some time trying to troubleshoot it i thought it might be privacy settings or something like that um, and i eventually found a post from facebook themselves to say community chats is not available to all countries all groups or all people it was only rolled out to a select few so all those who can't get on you can't get on because you weren't chosen by facebook to um participate in this trial of community chats. I don't know when it's going to happen because it was rolled out over a year ago. You would have thought they'd have done the trial by now and rolled it out to everybody else. Um, It's a real shame because it did work really well. It it worked just the same as what Discord does. It was chronological. Um, You didn't have to. It didn't keep on resetting itself. So if you wanted to scroll back, you did. You got a little blue arrow at the bottom to say there's new comments, so you can just click on that and zoom straight to the comments if you wanted to. Yeah, you don't um, have to refresh. And, yeah, you know, it's yeah, you get notification when people. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's great. It, it works like Discord, so it's great. Yeah, and it was just so much easier to use. Mm. Um, but as I said, it's it's such a shame that um, Facebook have decided <laughs> not to roll it out to everyone. Some people don't aren't allowed to use it, apparently. It's, it seems to be completely random because I couldn't find a common denominator with all Weird. the different members. I mean, everybody's welcome on Discord. It's the best place to, to spend a game on. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, we should probably mention that the uh, venue for the uh, well, London Watch Party, the 49ers official watch party, has been released. Paul, can you uh, update everyone who hasn't Seen it? Shame yeah, on you so if you haven't. There we are. If if you attended the one at Leeds United in January, you should have had an email. Um, Gary Thorpe brought that to my attention earlier. So the 49ers have released the information. If you're on their mailing list, Nadia, I've checked and got it. So it's going to be located 
in the heart of London Gareth at the Long Arm Sports Pub. You do need to register to get your free ticket. What I'm reading is no ticket, no entry. The event will begin at 5 p.m. The game is a 6 p.m. kickoff. It was originally going to be a whiteout game, but the 49ers have rejigged it around, so they'll be wearing red jerseys. Similar as last time, appearances will be made by 49ers alumni. Don't know who they are. And yes, I've already had messages from people. I promise you, I have no idea who they are. Um, at the end of each quarter, raffles will be given away, like last time, 49ers prizes, memorabilia. And the, the building on, as Ali Dickens says in the email, that the two watch parties in Leeds last year, the atmosphere was amazing. We always kind of knew they wanted to move it down to London, down to the, the south of the country. So I will be attending. I will be hitting London mid-afternoon. So even though the event starts at five o'clock, if you are coming down to London, keep an eye out on the social media pages because there'll be lots of us meeting up. And I'm excited. If you don't know where to register for your free ticket, hit one of us up in the DMs and we'll send you the link. And I believe that's everything that I've got, unless Lee's going to add some more if I've missed out off my notes. No, not at all. Uh, the, the one thing I was going to say about the link is that there's an event page in the events tab and the link's in there. So you can just go straight there to do it. Just for those people who are not on Facebook, if you send me a message, because I know David Betridge, for example, isn't on Facebook, yeah. but he's on yeah. Twitter and, and vice versa. So we've shared a few tweets, Gareth. We've shared a few posts out there. It will be heavily aimed at 49ers fans. So I know a few non-49ers fans are looking for somewhere to go after the Ravens-Titans games, but this is a 49ers event, so it would be great to see the Long Arm Sports Pub decked out in red and gold. Yeah, it should be a good event. They've always been good uh, uh, meetups whenever we get together in the UK. And obviously having the uh, uh, 49ers run these as official watch parties now uh, adds all that extra element with the goodies uh, and a mystery player um, and good fun and, and a few giveaways. I think the, the Leeds event was uh, was excellent. Uh, I think it's good that they, they're going to do the ticketing as well. I think that was a little bit of feedback we may have given them to, to them last year. Uh, so, yeah. Come on down. We uh, we don't bite. Uh, you'll be surrounded by friends as soon as you come in the door. If, have we got anything else on the Giants game or or anything else, Paul? Breaking news. A... I'm allowed oh. to go to the gold mine. It's official. Of course, yeah. My flight is booked. What? I'm allowed to go. So I will be heading over with you fine gentlemen to the gold mine oh. in November. So That's three of, three or four of us confirmed. So... I said I would shout no it from the rooftops I whenever I, I was going to Levi's. First time there. I'm absolutely over the moon and just can't wait to get there. So, yes, Gareth, I know you've known for a, a few days, the three of you, but the, the news is out. I put a post out there and I cannot wait to make the journey across the pond. Oh, that that explains the flurry of last minute um, confirmations. Clearly, people are like, oh, Paul's not going. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to bother. Gold mine without Paul. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. It's still kind. It, it's it's gone quite well. So uh, we've got 35 confirmed now out, out of a possible 40. We have five who are actually on the maybe list. So they're, they're still waiting to uh, confirm whether or not they're going to be there. Um, of the people who have confirmed, we have 28 all staying in the same hotel. Um, and we also have 14 going out on the same flight. So we've got, we've got some big groups going out there. Um, and we also have 14 going up to Seattle for the Thanksgiving Day game. Oh, wow. Really? So there's going to be plenty of us up there who, who know each other. 
So it's, it's nice. looking like it's going to be an epic weekend again. Fantastic, yeah. there one, Sally. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's well documented. That's that's what I used to say. <laughs> uh, that's two podcasts thing. I've done without saying that, so I'm not not breaking that's it true. now. That's true. It'll come I out. I think that just about wraps it up. I think all there's left to say, safe journey, Lee, and happy birthday for Thursday. I'm sure you, uh, you might get a few uh, messages, and hopefully the team will um, give you a nice big fat 50 burger to enjoy uh, on Thursday evening while remembering it's still 3 or 4 a.m. for us in Friday um, for those of us who might be able to stay up for the game, which I must admit it may not be me, uh, it being a school night. But there we go. I'm going to see if I can possibly Indeed. wrangle something. So thanks, to, uh, thanks, lads, and thanks to everyone who listens Thank to you. the show. Like and subscribe and all that sort of stuff. And we will be back, I think, early next week to pick through the uh, Giants game. Are you uh, yeah, indicating something, Paul, or, or just excited? No, just, no YouTube. Just click the thing, put a comment, oh. same as, you know. I'm always a <laughs> your, your hand gestures don't come across well on the, uh, on the voice pod, so... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm at risk of going down a rabbit hole at the end. It's Thursday night football and we're gonna beat the Giants. Uh enjoy it and go Niners. Go Niners. Niners. Pang bang nana gang. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Tiller, Jerry Rice down the side.